if you are seeing this on the day it was published, yes, this is a Saturday. And this is a Saturday edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. There are only a few of these in the two and a half year existence of this newsletter and podcast. And I apologize in advance that there are no fun extras that come with publication on a weekend. No horoscopes, no comics, no puzzles. Only another in a long series of bulletins about informational happenings produced by myself, Sean Tubbs. On today's program, a suspect has been arrested and charged with the second-degree murder of a Charlottesville man last Saturday. Dominion Energy awards funding to several area projects and a long look at the first draft module for Charlottesville's new zoning code, which for the first time gives every property owner in the city a clearer idea of what will be able to be built. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, UVA Lifetime Learning wants you to know about an upcoming event about a 20th century population trend. Between 1910 and 1970, an estimated 6 million African Americans moved from the South to cities in the North, Midwest, and West Coast, a demographic movement known as the Great Migration. On February 16th at 3 p.m., join Lifetime Learning and Kevin Gaines, He's the Julian Bond Professor of Civil Rights and Social Justice at the University of Virginia, and he will be discussing how this 20th century wave of African-American urban migration transformed American politics, culture, and society. This event is virtual, and you can register in advance at the UVA Lifetime Learning website. Charlottesville police have arrested a 38-year-old Charlottesville man in the killing of another man late last month. Tadashi Demetrius Keyes has been charged with second-degree murder of 36-year-old Eldridge Vandrew Smith on January 28th on Grove Street. Keyes was taken into custody Friday afternoon. According to the release, detectives worked with the Commonwealth's Attorney's Office on the investigation. For more on the story, take a look at the Charlottesville Daily Progress article that was published last night with more information about the suspect. A foundation associated with Dominion Energy has released a list of $1 million in funding awards for environmental projects across the country. Here are some of the projects in Virginia's 5th District. $5,000 for Albemarle High School for a program on water and air quality education. $5,000 for Appomattox County Public Schools for Jump In to Watershed Education. $5,000 for Buckingham County Elementary Schools for Kids Care and Share Garden and Outdoor Classroom. $5,000 for the Goochland Education Foundation for STEM in Nature Outdoor Education Experience. $5,050 for the Ivy Creek Foundation for Ecological Restoration at the Ivy Creek Natural Area. $5,000 for the Rivanna Conservation Alliance for Rivanna Watershed Experiential Education Project. Across the mountains in the 6th District, the Wildlife Center of Virginia received $12,000 for an environmental stewardship grant. Take a look at the full list in the newsletter for more projects. For more information about the grant program, visit the Dominion Energy website. 
the rest of the program today is a lot. After half of the summer, a long fall, and half of the winter, the city of Charlottesville has published the first draft materials for the new zoning ordinance. The city is referring to these as modules, and the initial installment includes the new proposed zoning districts and the new zoning map. Jennifer Koch is with Roadside and Harwell, and here she is from a YouTube video that seeks to explain the new map. The zoning rewrite is part of what we're calling Seville Plans Together, which is focused on updating the future vision for the city of Charlottesville with a particular focus on community equity and affordability for housing. This work has now been underway for three years and has seen the adoption of an affordable housing plan in March of 2021 and a new comprehensive plan in November of 2021. The main idea is to allow more places to build housing all across the entire city. Here's an introduction to the material that was sent out late on Friday night. The new zoning districts correspond directly to the land use areas shown on the future land use map in the comprehensive plan. If you're unfamiliar with the future land use map, it is a map in the comprehensive plan that gives a rough sketch on what the city would like to see built over time. The key feature of the future land use map is the provision of new development rights for almost all properties across Charlottesville. This zoning rewrite is intended to allow those rights to be turned into new places for people to live. The previous future land use map adopted in 2013 designated about half the city as low-density residential, which corresponded with single-family residential zoning districts. Those will no longer exist in the new zoning, as the general residential category calls for up to three units on most lots. Other areas that had been low-density residential are now medium-intensity residential. The draft zoning code splits this into two proposed zoning districts known as Residential B and Residential C. At a base level, the RB allows up to six units, the RC up to eight. That's before any of the city's new affordability requirements would kick in. If a developer wanted to build more, they would have to comply with the city's requirements to construct units that would be guaranteed to sell or rent at less than the market value. The units would specifically have to be reserved for households with less than 60% of the area median income. Here's more from the introduction. There is an inclusionary zoning policy that requires the inclusion of 10% affordable units in developments of 10 or more homes in any zoning district. All lots in RA would be eligible to have three dwellings, but a total of four would be permitted if an existing structure was preserved. A total of eight units could be built on RA property if half of them are qualified as affordable. As much as 65% of the total lot area could be constructed upon if there are over four units on the property. Height in RA would be restricted to 32 feet or two and a half stories, there would be no provision for bonus height. The draft rules for Residential B allow for up to 12 units if six of them are below market. Unlike Residential A, there is no provision for existing setbacks to be taken into consideration. New units could be built within 10 feet of the primary street. Construction could be on 70% of the lot. Construction in RB zones could get a bonus height of up to 44 feet for a total of three stories if affordable units are provided. 
RC would allow a base height of 44 feet, or three stories, and up to 58 feet if affordable units are provided. As many as eight units could be built at market rate, with an additional eight bonus units possible. If there are more than 12 units, construction could cover up to 75% of the property. An example of RB land is most of Cherry Avenue between Cleveland Avenue and Roosevelt Brown Boulevard, with the exception of the intersection at Shamrock Drive, a few houses close to Roosevelt Brown, and a nearly four-acre parcel owned by the United States government that's currently used for an armory. This is an unusual episode of this program, so let's do something unusual and take a very quick break. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out. Do you have a passion for classical music? Want to listen to composers, old and new, and then share those works with others? WTJU 91.1 FM Community Radio is seeking new volunteer hosts in its classical department. WTJU gives you all of the tools and training you need to share your good taste with their loyal listeners. Learn more at WTJU.net slash get involved. we are back. Then we get into the mixed-use districts, beginning with RX3. There would be no defined limit on the number of dwellings on the lot, nor would there be any specific affordability requirements except for the standard requirement of 10% affordability for any development with more than 10 units. In other words, 1 in 10, 2 in 20, 3 in 30, you get the idea. There would be a maximum of 80% lot coverage allowed. Buildings in RX3 could be 44 feet tall or three stories. That could go up to a maximum of 72 feet if bonus criteria are met. Ground floors would have to be 10 feet from floor to ceiling. The draft tables do not specify any minimum requirements for commercial use or vice versa. These buildings could have a maximum width of 175 feet. RX-5 is the next step up with a maximum height of 72 feet or 5 stories without any bonus. The structure could be up to 100 feet tall or 7 stories if those criteria are met. These buildings would take up an entire lot as long as a 10% outdoor amenity space is provided. Structures could have a maximum width of 275 feet. One area designated RX-5 is the site where the West Haven Public Housing Community currently stands. Another is the western side of 5th Street, parallel to Ridge Street. Another is at Beacon on 5th, a private development built as a planned unit development under existing zoning. The future land use map also designates areas as either being nodes or corridors. The two corridor mixed-use districts are similar to the residential mixed-use district, which begin to have more definitions for space, whether the use is residential or non-residential. Ground floor residential would need to be a minimum of 10 feet, with non-residential ground floors required to be as tall as 14 feet. 
CX-3 would have a range between a base of three stories and five stories if bonus criteria are met. CX-5 follows the same height rules as RX-5. CX-8 could take parts of Charlottesville to new heights. The base height allowed would be eight stories or 114 feet tall, with bonuses that could climb to 10 stories or 142 feet. All of West Main Street would be an example of CX-8, allowing for taller developments than what has been built in the past 10 years. Another example of CX-8 is the small stretch of East Rio Road within Charlottesville city limits on land currently zoned for single-family residential. I wrote about that area for Sevo Weekly just last month. Another example is the parcel on Ivy Road that RMD Properties would like to build a nine-story building on. The Planning Commission is set to consider whether an exception can be made to allow that to happen under existing zoning. Read my story from January 10th, 2023 for more information. Then we get to the nodes which follow the same patterns above, with NX3 allowing the same 44 feet to 72 foot height range, and NX5 and NX8 largely following the same as the corridor and residential districts listed above. Each of these higher intensity areas have varying rules for window requirements, massing, and other details. Some of these regulate different aspects of the building depending on whether a street is a framework street or a local street. These are defined in the 2016 Streets That Work Plan. An example of NX8 is the land between East High Street and 10th Street Northeast. Another is most of the commercial strip between US 29 and Hillsdale Drive. The suffixes go up to 10 for nodes with NX10. These would allow a maximum of 10 stories in height or 12 stories if bonus provisions are met. This is very similar to DX for downtown mixed use, which adds different rules depending on relation to the pedestrian mall. Some examples of NX10, one is Friendship Court, which is currently being redeveloped by the Piedmont Housing Alliance with investment of city infrastructure dollars. Another example of NX10 is the land that used to be Vinegar Hill between what is now 4th Street Northwest and Ridge McIntyre Road. There are similar zoning districts for industrial flex areas with IX5 and IX8. There are also special districts such as campus and civic. There are also provisions for alternative forms such as shopfront house, civic institution, and park. Four existing overlay districts would remain in place. These are individually protected properties, architectural design control districts, historic conservation, and flood hazard protection zones. A new overlay district is proposed for areas marked in the future land use map for areas prone to displacement of vulnerable populations. Those rules are not included in this module. Specific definitions begin on page 60 with items such as zoning lot and sublot. These are going to come into play a lot over the next few years. So I conclude this summary with those definitions. A zoning lot is a parcel, tract, or area of land established by a plat or other means as permitted by law, which is to be used, developed, or built upon. A sublot is a parcel of land existing with other sublots on a single zoning lot intended for the purpose of the transfer of ownership or possession or for development. 
The overall review will take place for the next few months. Here's Jennifer Koch again. From now in February into the spring 2023, we're going to be sharing the draft zoning ordinance in three parts to obtain your feedback. One place to start is a summary of how these changes would alter each neighborhood. Read through that, read all the documents, and then get prepared to ask questions. There are three upcoming open houses coming up later this month. These are on February 22nd at Charlottesville High School, February 23rd at Buford Middle School, and February 25th at City Space. Keep an eye out for the week ahead that week for times and more details. The next module will deal with the standards for each district. These include rules for parking, landscaping, signs, lighting, and other issues. That module is currently scheduled to be released the week of March 13th. I'm not going to make plans this time. No more plans, except for these plans. After that will be the release of the final module, which will take a look at the review processes that will decide how the stuff actually gets built. Now, I highly recommend that you view the Seville Plans Together video that they put out for this because I think that uh, will probably shed more light on what you have just heard. But I want to know what you have to think. Please send me your questions, send them public. We need to talk about what whether or not this is actually going to do what it says it's going to do or whichever. For the last two and a half years, I've been covering the Seville Plans Together initiative process. And this is the culmination. This is where it really starts to come together. And if you haven't been paying attention so far, Now's a pretty good time to start. Except if you got to this point, I guess you just did. Anyway, that is the episode 494. And I did not expect to write this today. But when I saw the material that came out last night at 6.45 p.m., I woke up this morning at 7 a.m. and I canceled my plans for the day and got to work doing this. Many of you have come to rely on me to be here when it's time to write about a big land use issue. Here I am. I first started writing about land use issues in Charlottesville and Albemarle County in 2007 when I was hired by an entity that was created to focus on that topic. I left 11 years later with a deep knowledge of what had happened and an almost insatiable curiosity for what's going to come up next. And that's what Charlottesville Community Engagement is for. Each and every installment begins with the basic questions of journalism, and I'm blessed to pursue this work. It is possible that there may have been errors in this installment, and if so, I will correct them. I do not have any special magical knowledge of any of this stuff. I've just put the work in. Thank you to all of those who have supported that work to date, and thanks to all of those who will. No hard pitch today, but I am obligated to mention Ting will match your initial Substack payment. That is incredibly valuable to my ability to keep asking the questions and to do what I can to inform as many people as possible. Now, on to the week ahead, the 5th District Newsletter, and preparing for more installments of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Thank you to Valerie Leheru and Liz Sarami for providing sound bites in this particular episode. Thank you very much and uh, goodbye.